So first of all, uh, we're going to start a new series next week. So we're going to dive into the book of Zechariah. So uh, you can go home and give it a read. It's 14 chapters long. And then as you read it, you can ask the question, how the heck is this going to be a meaningful sermon series? So, uh, so do some reading this week. It's a fun book. I'm getting really excited about diving into it all. So we'll kick that off next week. Um, I've got a message that I want to share today that's going to be a little bit like kind of uh, exciting housekeeping. We'll call it that. So, so there's some things I want to talk through and just have us all on the same page with as we get ready to jump into the new series. Um, But one of the realities that I have as a pastor is I get to meet with lots of you, and I get to hear all the time the stories of what God's doing here. So uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but like the Spirit is moving in our church. Have you seen it? (laughs) Uh, And and so I'm hearing all of these stories coming out of 24-7. I mean, it's been happening for a while. From Vital Church coming in, um, this journey's been happening for a while, but it feels like there's some momentum. And, and what happens is in pre-service prayer, we gather and we're praying, and I hear from different people what God is doing in them. And then on Tuesday, when we're at our uh, midweek prayer time, we're all sitting around and we're talking and praying about what God is doing here, and we're excited about what it is that he's doing. And then in between, I meet with people, and I get these little snippets of what God is doing in their story. And so I have all those stories, and you don't. You got a little snippet of it when Jack made the video and we played it last week and posted it. So actually, how I want to start this morning is just by inviting some interaction from you. And and the question is this, as you look at the church, as you think back, so if you've been here a while, as you think back to what you've been praying for the church, what do you see happening now that's the answer to prayers that you've been praying? Uh, What are you excited about that you're seeing going on here? Um, And maybe there's something going on in your life right now that is changing or shifting or stirring or reawakening. Uh, We want to hear those. So we're just, Jack and I are going to run around with mics. And so if you're here and you feel like God is doing something and you want to acknowledge it, we just want to take a moment for this. So if you're watching at home, you will hear, but you probably won't be able to see very well whoever it is that's speaking. So bear with us. Um, So yeah, if anyone's ready to go, just stick your hand up. I'd love to hear uh, what you see God doing or what he's doing in you. Scott may have warned us about this before um, service. Prayer. So I always thought we were a praying church. And I looked at Fran, and a lot of you remember Fran so fondly, and she would pray, and I felt like she was just reaching out and touching God. And I thought, wow, I could never do that. I could never do that. But in the last year and a half, I think maybe I can. I'm working towards it. (laughs) There is my Josh. (laughs) Um, I'm working towards it. It's, I can't even begin to explain, but I feel like I can find God and touch him at times. And the prayer room was amazing for that. Um, And I have to say that we're done with our week, but the room is still open and I was in there last week. And it's just as phenomenal. Um, we are becoming a praying church like I never thought we could be before. I never even had a vision of it. And um, it's making a huge impact in my life. Anyone else? 
Want to give it a stab? Oh, Shelby's right there with her reach, and she tried to do it discreetly so you wouldn't see. Um, for me, I mean, outside of realizing that prayer is so very different than what I've thought it was since I became a Christian, um, that and like just the development of prayer um, from just you know hands hands closed together, head down, eyes closed, and just in your own head, like it's become something where it's different postures, where it's out loud, where it's in a room where you're interacting with materials and different, I don't, <laughs> just in there, just go in there. Um, one of the things that I prayed for for our church was it for it to be alive and like to have like that feeling of life to it. Um, and it's just, it's, I wanted it, it's loud now, it's exciting, you come here, there's action, there's people moving, there's kids running, it's live, and that's one of the things I, pray, I prayed for. Um, and upon that, too, I, for a while, was the youngest adult at this church. I am now 30, and I'm very pleased to say I'm nowhere near the youngest adult at our church, and it's so exciting to me. <laughs> I didn't spot you or I would have run over first. Very quick, I w have been praying to see the regrowth of younger families and going off of what Shelby just said, seeing the kids run around and having our kids excited to come to church to be with their friends is very refreshing and exciting to see. I'm just a young fellow at 88 years of age, <laughs> but I feel great, absolutely great. And I just, I just, I love all of, all of you. You're wonderful people. That's all I have to say. Amen. Amen. And we love you, Bill. Well, I've been here for a year, maybe a year and a half, and one of the things that I noticed and that I've been sensing is the movement of the Holy Spirit in all of us, including me, right? Uh, when I was walking, uh, driving one day through this, the Bentley, and I sensed the Holy Spirit very, very strong, so I said, oh, I gotta stop there. So when I did, <clears throat> I realized, wow, this, this church needs the church to be a prayer church. Then, boom, the church started to pray. Thank you, Pastor Scotty. It has been amazing. And then when I start talking and getting to know everybody, I see how the, the spirit is moving, and that is something that I am loving right now, how the spirit is moving. Don't all go at once. Oh. <laughs> I'm just gonna be very short and sweet. I've been coming here since 2009, and I've never seen this church more alive. Wow. I have a longer one to share. Uh, mine is like 20 years in the making. <laughs> Go for it. That's my husband, Paul, over there. And uh, he is an answered prayer. Um, when we first got married in our culture, one thing they asked the, the woman, the bride, is his family asked me, and they said, um, now, you're marrying him. Do you promise to follow him 
wherever he goes. And the first thought that occurred to me was like, heck no, not if he goes to hell. So I did say, I said, no. And they said, at wrong answer. And I was like, well, I'm not changing it because I don't know where he's going. And to me, eternity is important. If he goes to hell, I'm not going there with him. So um, little did I know that that was going to set the course of the story for my life for the next 20 years being married to Paul. Um, and we went through our struggles and, you know, me trying to be the Holy Spirit and convert him. Um, and that didn't work. Um, but God worked on me in the process and over all these years. And I've had tons of people praying with me um, for him. And just um, last year, uh, well, first off, before we got married for our wedding, I did come visit this church 20 years ago. Um, but we didn't end up going with this one with another one. And so last year, something was stirring my heart. I'm like, I need to find that one church that I visited for our wedding. I'm just curious. Um, I haven't been able to find it because I was going off TV highway. I couldn't remember what it was. I couldn't remember the name. But Paul and I happened to be driving by, you know, on Brookwood to Costco one day. And I see this and I'm like, that's it. That's that church I visited for our wedding that I was going to do our wedding at. Um, and so, you know, a couple months later, things happened at the church that I um, came from. And I was debating leaving or not. And I decided I was going to stay. But one morning, one night, I'm like, I'm going to go visit another church. And Paul's like, well, why don't you go to Alliance? You mentioned that before. That's a CMA church. I'm like, eh. But I'm afraid if I go, I might love it. And I'm not ready to take that jump yet. Um, but I woke up the next morning, and I just felt just a pull to this church. And I told Paul, I was like, I'm going to go there. So later I know he was planning on joining us. So he got ready. And this was on November 28th. He got himself, he got up early, made us all breakfast. That's not normal for Paul on a Sunday morning, you guys. <laughs> he stays up late and wakes up at like noon or one and we're gone to church already. So he wakes up early, makes us breakfast, gets ready. And the boys are like, where's he going? I'm like, I don't know, a funeral? He's dressed like he's going to a funeral. <laughs> but he, you know, surprises us, jumps in the car with us. And praise the Lord, he's been coming to church with us every single Sunday since. Um, and so I praise God, and I thank you guys for joining me in prayer and lifting him up in prayer and all the other prayer warriors I've had over the years. He's a long time coming. <laughs> but God works, and God stirred in us, and God called him to this place um, I shared with Scott and I said it came out of a lot of hurt for me, but it was desperate prayers that I did pray leading up to it. And I said, God, I'm going to pray the scary prayer that I've been holding off on praying. I said, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to bring him into relationship with you. And I know that may come at a cost to me, but I'm okay because you got me. And so I'm okay. And it did come at a cost to me and it did hurt. Daniel did tell me when we got here, you guys are an answer prayer of ours. And I was like, Thanks, because it hurt coming here. So, But I do praise the Lord, because in hindsight, his story is always the best for us, even if our good, what we consider bad, it's not bad to him. He still works all things together for our good, and for the good of those called according to his purpose. So <laughs> praise the Lord. That's my husband. Thanks, Lahav. Yeah, and we love your family. We're glad you're all here. Parker, Peyton, you guys are all, pa, go at your pace. <laughs> we love you're here. A um, couple more before we jump into what's next. There we go. I wondered. My wife and I have been coming here for 
a little over 30 years. I don't know where we're exactly in the numbers. She probably does. She knows all the numbers. Uh, but one of the things that I started praying for um, oh, several years ago um, for this church was to see a real, true, Christ-spirited direction uh, led by a man who was spirited. And we definitely have that in Scotty. Uh, and, uh, and I love his heritage because I'm connected to it. Uh, and, but the other part of that was that I was really praying for uh, new life to come in here because uh, my wife and I were both very involved in leadership here in this church for that period of time. And I was tired. And, uh, and I also felt like the Lord uh, wanted me to go in a different direction, not, uh, you know, as far as what I did. And, and he has. He's led me into a place which is pretty dark. Uh, but uh, I see his work there happening on occasion, uh, which is enough to keep me inspired to continue to go back. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm blessed by all of it, and, and I have no idea where we're heading from here as far as individually, uh, but uh, I know this, that the Spirit's moving, and I, I praise God for that. You know what? I have no idea where we're going either, so... <laughs> Hello, Scotty. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm Kathy, and I've been sitting here thinking how I would say what I want to say. And what God has been uh, teaching me lately is that he loves me no matter what my past is or was. And um, that I don't need to worry anymore about his holding anything against me and that we are here today, and we are going forward, and I praise him for, for that. It's kind of a new level of self-esteem, but it's in Christ. Does that make sense? Um, so that I don't have to hold my past against me myself or feel um, ashamed or uh, wish if only I had, you know, and uh, that God loves me just as I am. And, uh, and we will go forward together. And One of the values we're walking into is learning. I hope when I'm as mature like that and learn more of what he wants to do in me. So thank you for that. Um, one of the other things you don't know, um, right the last service of the year, we're preaching Prince of Peace. I had a buddy come up to me at the end of the service, say, just looked at me and goes, can I get a hug? And I was like, sure. And then some tears were shed, followed by the words, I need the Prince of Peace. And uh, whether it was a first time or a long-term recommitment after a long time away from Jesus, he gave his life back to the Lord. So that was right at the end of the year. One of the things we don't always get to see or celebrate, but, but God is moving. Uh, so I wanted you to hear some of those stories. There's more. My encouragement would be that as you're... Um, as you're chatting at the end of the service, uh, grab the people around about you and just say, hey, what have you seen? What are you excited about? And uh, for some of you, I mean, if you're here for the first time, it's going to be, I know you guys, and I know your heart, so I want to hear from you. What are you sensing that the Spirit is doing in our midst? Uh, and then if you're newer, like, what changes have you seen since you got here? 
because um, God is, this is a really exciting time where God is moving. So I want to just take probably 10, 15 minutes, uh, 10 minutes should be able to do it, and just run through uh, a little bit of information just to catch us up on where we're at, uh, kind of wrap up what we've been doing and then get ready for, for the next series. So we're in this season called Redevelopment. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, the, the district are relabeling this fresh start. So the church was struggling, uh, it was stagnating, uh, and some changes were needed. So what happens at the denominational level is instead of being an autonomous church that has its own leadership and is functioning all on its own, uh, the, the district make the decision with the elders here. So the elders made the decision to walk into this process. So they suspend the bylaws, they remove all church leadership, um, they disband the membership, and what happens in that process is the district office becomes the elder board of the church. And part of that, we've said a lot here, you know, as go the leaders, so go the church. So the philosophy in this is, like, there's something broken in the system uh, when it's the way it is. So we need to remove everything, wipe it back to ground zero in order to build back up the way it needs to be. Um, and so the district becomes the, the, the elder board, they appoint a delegate um, who comes in and takes the realm of help and turn the church around. Um, and then that resulted in Vital Church coming in and spending 14 months here uh, doing some very painful work. So the people that are here know it was hard work and it was painful work and at times exciting work. Um, but for those of you who weren't, it was a 14-month process of analyzing the church. Where, where are they doing well? Where are we struggling? There were three summits where the whole church was invited. The first one to look back on the history of the church and kind of celebrate the heritage of the church and then look at uh, where are the areas of brokenness that we've not been dealing with that may have led to where we're at. Uh, partway through, they do a second summit that looks at, okay, what's the condition of the church now? What gifts do we have? Um, uh, what, what is unresolved that needs to be resolved? What are some of the things that we need to start building into? And then a final summit at the end that, that looks ahead, like what is God doing in our church? Where is he leading us as a people? And so it was a long, lengthy process. And then after that process, the, the goal in there is to then bring in a new pastor. And so 16, almost 17 months ago now, that goes really quick, right? Um, uh, you hire a new pastor, and so that process is to revision where we're going as a church, so take everything that was done through the vital church process, any new people that are coming in that are part of what God wants to do, there's who I am as a leader and the things that God's put in my heart, and we bring all of those things together to try and give vision and direction to where we're going forward. And, and, and so what happens now is we're in the process of, of walking towards, the goal is to get out of redevelopment and to be back to being an autonomous church. So we don't want to be babysat by the denomination for a long time. Uh, we want to know that we have leadership in here that can do that job themselves. So, so we're in this process of revisioning where we're going. That was the Arise series. And one of the goals in there is that as a church, that we would get to a point where everyone in the room can articulate the vision and the values of the church. That's one of the markers that we're looking for moving forward. Um, and then as part of this process, what's the, what's the district looking for to move us out of, denomination, out of develop, redevelopment and into what's next? There's a bunch of growth markers they're watching for in our church. And this is partly why I wanted to share some stories. Because think about what they're looking for. They're looking for evidence of life. We've heard that word. Um, they're looking for attendance increasing. Uh, so they're looking for growth, both in numbers and then spirits. The end, Kathy, you, uh, Kim, Shelby, the things you're sharing, like this growth that you're experiencing. They're looking for evidence of salvation. 
and baptisms. We're seeing the stirrings of that. They're looking for increased giving so that the church can sustain itself. They're looking for evidence that we reach the next generation, that effective outreach is happening into our community. And, uh, and one of the issues that often results in a stagnating church is we don't resolve conflict well so that we begin to walk into a process where we have healthier conflict resolution. So we're seeing a lot of those growth markers right now, uh, which is really exciting, which puts us a little bit further ahead in this process. Uh, what comes from here is they want to see us walk into like formalizing a discipleship and a leadership development pathway. So that's going to be the next thing that we need to kind of step into and get in place. And then from there, we're going to rewrite bylaws. We're going to readopt bylaws. People are going to become members again, and then we'll formally reappoint leadership of the church. And when we get to that point, the district will put on a big ceremony. They'll come uh, and they'll do a recommissioning as the church is relaunched as a healthy entity that is growing and becoming who God wants it to be. So that's, that's where we're at in this process. So we're moving forward. Uh, they say the redevelopment process can take anywhere from three to eight years. So we're doing pretty well in that timeline, and we're moving forward. And so I'm excited. Um, I'm excited about the work that you all are doing uh, to help drive this forward. I, I mean, so indebted to the leaders that have been here, like you, Samuel, and others, um, who, who made the call, Mark, and, and others that made that call to walk into redevelopment and into a painful process. Uh, and I'm really grateful to all of you who said, rather than just let our church die out, or rather than just stagnate until there's no one left, that you are willing to, to walk into this and do the painful work uh, of bringing the church to a healthy place. So everything that we're experiencing, all of those stories, are the result of your perseverance and your prayer and your sacrifice. And so we're celebrating that this morning. So the questions come up a couple of times. What does membership look like in a church like this where you don't have membership? So this, this question keeps coming up. And so I was like, let's just... I just want to put in your mind the framework of what does it mean to be a member of our church when we don't have a formal membership. So I'm going to give you four things that are what mark membership in a church. Um, any church, but specifically in this church, this is how it works in my head. So this is what we should all be working towards and, and some of the things we'll be needing when it comes to adopting bylaws and reinstating our church properly. So I want to jump back. It's been almost a year since we were in Acts chapter 2. Um, so I want to look at this passage and then give you four quick things to, to reflect on. So Acts 2, 41 to 44, as the church has been formed post-Pentecost, those who accepted his message of Peter's preaching, those who accepted the message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Are you ready for that? Uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> they do, we need more seats. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So this is the picture of the church at its inception as they begin to meet and gather and formalize what it looks like to be a member of God's people. So I want to give you four things. If you're part of this church, when I'm looking and I'm going, who are the members? This is what we're looking for and working towards. The so first one makes a lot of sense. Attend. 
So they broke bread in homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. They gathered together. So attendance is part one. So you're here. Well done. You're online. Well done. Like you've checked box number one. Um, Hebrews 10, you know, let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So there's a whole theological spectrum of people in this church. You don't need to put your hand up to state where you're at, but who thinks the day is approaching? And if you do, it says, don't give up meeting to together, spur one another on and encourage one another all the more. So the more you think the end is near, the more this is imperative that we gather. What's it look like? Part one of attending is you come to church. Part two of attending is there are lots of other ways that you can connect with people in the church. And being here on a Sunday is never enough for spiritual growth. Who is the group of people midweek that walk with Jesus that you're walking in vulnerable relationship with? Uh, and what's that attendance? So we have some small groups that meet uh, during the week. There are more going to be kicking pretty soon as we start new opportunities. I mean, Jack has his amazing group with, I mean, half the crew that are sitting in here. Andy, Jenna, Emily, Josh, Christian, uh, Ruben, Jackie are all there. They, uh, Peyton is there uh, all, all gathering on Monday night to have fellowship and worship and pray and seek God together. So, so part one is attendance. It's attending here, uh, and then it's, it's finding that place in the middle of the week outside of Sunday uh, where you can gather with other people to grow together. Number two, pray. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, and we've hit this over and over and over again. Um, so part one of this is pray for our church. If you think you're a member here, if this is your home, start praying. Pray for me and for my family to grow in wisdom and holiness. Pray for our church to continue to grow. Um, I'll need to reprint out the, the first series we did. You can go back and listen to it. It was a series on Paul's prayers, and we looked at all the things he prayed for the church. And we've got a printout that you can take away um, that, that helps educate you on how best to pray for the church that we're part of. So, so some of it is on your own and in your family and at home, be praying for the church. But a huge part of this is the important part. This was not they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking bread, and then everyone went home and prayed on their own. This is them gathered corporately to pray. And so we have the Tuesday at 4 p.m. prayer time that you're welcome. Anyone is welcome. That's the time where we take the connect cards and all the things that people have submitted for prayer. And we spend time in there. Like we break up the prayer requests one at a time. We gather and we pray. Um, and then you've got things like pre-service prayer. So 9 a.m. till about 9.40 before the service, there's a group of us gather in this room to pray every week. And this for me is the home base of our church. Uh, it's where I'm most in touch with what God is doing in your life. It's where we're spending time trying to listen and see what God is asking us to do. And it's probably the place where people in here have been stretched the most because we pray out loud continuously at the same time with prompts along the way to help us in that process. So it stretches uh, our, our prayer stamina and, and introduces us to better ways to pray. So if you're part of this church, I'd love to see you come join us for that. And we know if you've got kids, it's hard. Uh, if you're picking people up, it's hard. Um, so we get that. 
And then there are, obviously, as you gather with groups and other people in the church, those are opportunities to pray together. So there are lots of places, but so individually pray for a church and then find those corporate spaces where you can gather with other people from the church to pray. And my biggest plug is 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Number three is give. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. So I want you all to go home, sell your houses, and give me your money. No. <laughs> this is part of it. So there's, there's three, uh, three alliterative words here, time, talent, and treasure. So giving is not just about what's the money that you have that you can give to our church. That is a part of how we grow as a church. We're trying to envision where we're going to go and it takes funds to get there, right? So part of it is giving your treasure to the church. Um, but sometimes the harder part is time and talent. We're all busy. And to say, I have no time in my week. So to give, sometimes to give your time to the church is going to be the greater sacrifice that you're going to give. Um, and then as we're walking into this season and we're, we're looking at the different practices that we're establishing and the teams around that, what are the talents that you bring um, that are going to enhance the ministry of our church? And uh, and, and what's that going to look like? So given is a big part of it. Um, here's a little passage from Second Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is writing to Corinth and says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So this is allowing the spirit to prompt it, not guilt or, or duty. Uh, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So given as a part of it, God will provide, but the goal is that he will be prompting you. And, and the beautiful thing, just so you're aware, because you don't see all of this stuff, we're sitting in our business team meetings and we're looking over the budget, it has been one of the signs of life in our church. Like, we've not talked about giving. I think this is the first I've said anything about money. Our giving has been increasing uh, as people have been feeling the spirit move with no prompting. And it's just been a beautiful thing to see, and it's freeing us up to set up things like prayer rooms, and, and it's preparing us for the outreach that we're going to do. So, uh, number one, attend. Number two, pray. Number three, give. And number four is serve. Um, and I know I've put the brakes on this for a lot of people um, because we've been trying to get everything set up so that we can jump into the things that we want to do. But at the end of this passage, you know, they're breaking bread on homes, they're eating together, they're praising God, they're enjoying the favor of the people, and God's adding to their number daily. Someone hosted the home, someone cooked the food, someone delivered the apostles' teaching. People were out there engaging the community so that people were coming to Jesus and numbers were being added. So we're going to be walking into a season where it's going to be, what is the service that God wants from you in this church? And, and, and let's not get it wrong and think of what's the thing you can do on a Sunday morning uh, to make Sunday morning happen. It's not just that. And it's not what's the niche ministry that fits your individual gift, passion, and calling and, and start that and try and get everything in it. Uh, this is Samuel serves our church by ministering in a dark prison. Uh, and that's an important ministry that we partner with him in being part of the church. Jack is heading off to Nicaragua. Like that is part of serving our church is taking what we carry as a church to another part of the world. And many of you, whether it's sitting every week through in that, you imagine you spend your service locked in a closet. 
Um, so we take the trouble people and we put them on live stream and we lock the door. Uh, but like Carl and Ron and Shane that hide back there and serve us every week. Gene is always back there in the sound booth serving us every week. Uh, and some of them would like a break. Um, and so there's going to be moments where we're going to say, hey, would you be willing to step into this thing? I know it's not the burning passion of your heart. Um, but for this season, would you bless someone else by giving them a break? Uh, Peter, as he's writing to the church, says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. How are you at that part? <laughs> I do lots of offering hospitality, but sometimes there's lots of grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So the gifts that God has given you enable you to steward grace to be poured into someone else's life. If you speak, do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If you serve, do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Um, so God is moving, and we're working our way through this process. You've been wonderfully patient. You've been wonderfully responsive. The, the investment that you've made has been fantastic. And um, so this is just housekeeping. We're walking along the process. We have a goal to get out of redevelopment and move into like full working as a church. It's going to look like in this season, starting to establish more clearly what discipleship looks like here, what our leadership pipeline looks like here. Um, and then in this season, uh, before we have our formal membership, this is it. So are you attending, praying, giving, and serving? And if there's some of those areas you're lacking, the question is, how do I step into that more? Um, and this is not like if you can't do this, if you're home bedridden and you can't be here participating, like we're, we're not judging you for that. But this is the framework that we're walking into that will establish who we are as a church and what membership is going to look like. So that's the, the kind of, I said it's housekeeping. We're going to jump into Zechariah next week. It's going to be a fun series as we look at a whole bunch of crazy visions and prophetic declarations uh, and what God's word through that prophet means for us right in this season that we're walking in as a church. So let me pray. We'll sing a couple of songs, uh, and then we'll be done. God, uh, this is important. Like, this is family chat as we figure out how do we function healthily as a family? What's the process that you have us on? What's it mean to be invested here and growing here? And so, Lord, thank you for the people that are sitting in this room, the people watching at home, the, the number of people that, um, for various health reasons, are not here right now. Um, but thank you that you're bringing life, that we're seeing change and transformation and blessing poured out over our church. Uh, would you help us to see what you're doing here? We want to see more of your spirit free. We want to see more people uh, walking in, in more prayer and better understanding of the Bible, relearning their identity in you and the forgiveness that you offer. And so, God, would you continue the great work that you're doing? Would you ready our hearts to receive it? Uh, and, and we offer ourselves to you as instruments to make your will happen. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.